Welcome to the Coach Dave Love Podcast with NBA shooting coach Dave Love and your host, Matt Robertson. Exploring the cutting edge of evidence-based shooting development in basketball today. From shooting form to skill acquisition to shot metrics. This is the Coach Dave Love Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural uh, The Coach Dave Love Podcast. I'm fired up. This is uh, this is going to be a wild ride. Um, I don't really know what to expect other than this is going to be fun. And I think we can make it informative for a whole bunch of people. So uh, who are you? Let's start with that. Great question. Uh, my name is Matt Robertson. I am from the East Coast of Canada, which for all you uh, Americans listening, if you go to Maine and keep going east, uh, that's where I live. Not in the ocean, but close enough. Are you, are, is, are you actually east of Maine, not northeast? East, well, northeast of Maine, northeast of Maine. You got you to gotta kind of get, get out of there a little bit. Perfect. And, uh, and I'm NBA shooting coach uh, Dave Love. And, uh, and we just kind of, we've been having these sorts of conversations now for uh, multiple years and thought we should share some of this information. And, uh, and so... Maybe it makes sense for me to start talking about uh, uh, why Matt is the uh, is the host of this whole thing. Uh, I, I kind of view you, Matt, as being like the voice of the audience. Um, I, you're the perfect person to be kind of the hosting this thing uh, because number one, I just I, I think you're you're smart and thoughtful and curious. Uh, you're a basketball background. Uh, reasonably funny at times, and uh, and when he put all those things uh, together, like we just over dinners and drinks, we have fun basketball conversations, and uh, and I think as I said, there's there's value in that for the uh, the average basketball person. Appreciate that, very kind, uh, mostly true, I think, but uh, very kind. Um, so you are Coach Dave Love, uh, NBA shooting coach uh from calgary alberta been around the nba for a decade or so yeah i think uh, 2009 10 season was my my first season with the phoenix suns and then 2013 14 uh with the cleveland cavaliers i was the shooting coach that uh helped tristan thompson transition from left-handed to right-handed uh and proud to say that he shot a career high that first year with his uh uh hand that he had no experience shooting with before that um, and then 2014 through 18 with the Orlando Magic, uh, working with Aaron Gordon, who improved 30% from his college uh, uh, free throw percentage to his rookie year free throw percentage. Um, Dwayne Dedman uh, and a host of other uh, other players. Uh, currently, we're recording this in December of uh, 2023, currently a uh, shooting consultant for the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA G League Ignite. So working with two different teams this season. Crazy schedule. Uh, in your off time, when you're not an NBA shooting coach, you do clinics and camps for kids all across, all across the world, really. But I, I want to focus on your all across the country portion of that, because that's how we met. Right. Um, so yeah. when, when I was much i had a little more hair at the time but uh, about 15 years ago um a little less than that, 12 years ago uh you were doing a coach or you're doing a coaching clinic in my town 
I was doing some training with kids and I was like, oh man, opportunity to learn from an NBA shooting coach. You had a little, a little note uh, in the ad that said, volunteer coaches welcome. I was like, well, shoot, what a time, uh, what a time to be alive. So showed up at the clinic, gave us some instructions. We kind of rolled through the day and uh, throughout the course of the day, I was like, man, we're kind of vibing a little bit. Like he, he laughed at one of my semi-funny comments, like, <laughs> all right, we're, we're cooking a little bit. Uh, and at the end of the day, I was like, man, I don't know what you're doing tonight. Like, do you want to go grab a beverage uh, and kind of chit chat? And you kind of looked at me a little suspect for a second. And you're like, ah, what the heck? Like, let's let's bang it out. So I went out for dinner, uh, a beverage or two, had talked for like three hours. And that was kind of, I mean, there's one additional detail there. Uh, at the end of our conversation, you said to me, if you're ever in Orlando, uh, look me up. And I was like, I don't really know you, like, I bet you tell all the coaches that, you know, that you meet that. And you said, I've been giving up that invitation for a little while and no one's ever taken me up on it. So two weeks later, uh, I was in Orlando. So I looked you up and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I, I try and make a point to always say yes, or as often as I can say yes to invitations like that. Would you like to go for dinner? Would you like to go for a drink or initiate that myself? And you just never know what uh, what comes out of it. And, uh, I think that's, we'll probably end up talking about like networking advice in a, in future episodes. And that's probably my biggest, um, piece of advice is just try and have meals with, with people. And yeah, we, we hit it off. We had a, a fun evening of, of dinner that turned into a, a fun weekend, uh, in Orlando, which turned into a friendship. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, the advice to, to coaches, like just, Try and help out. Try and offer value, and uh, and try and spend as much time with uh, with people as you possibly can. You never know what it turns into. Yeah, we've linked up in Vegas. We've linked up in Dallas, um, in Moncton, New Brunswick, as well as all these tiny little towns uh, in New Brunswick as well, which uh, it's been a delight. So appreciate you having me on as your host. Uh, I'm going to kind of guide some of the conversations, but mostly I just want to chit chat. And uh, this is a good forum to to do that and to maybe learn a little bit along the way. Um, one of the other things I just want to briefly touch on, uh, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of doing a, I call it your little data project, which right. is maybe a gross understatement. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about just a, just like a sprinkling of what you're up to right now, outside of the, outside of the coaching piece. Yeah. Right, right now. Um, this will be something that we dive into in a lot more detail in future episodes, uh, but uh, but we're developing what I call shot metrics. And so shot metrics are basically the, the kind of data that, uh, that golfers get the moment the club head hits the ball about what is happening within their swing. And, and golf, because of the nature of its sport, is relatively easy to quantify um and has been doing it for years because of that and they have their sport so dialed in that the moment the club face hits uh the ball or makes contact with the ball they know exactly what's happening and they've been studying this and they know everything that's relevant about the swing how you go about doing it may be individualized but what the end goal uh, of this of that skill is 
it has been uh, determined and very well understood. And so we're trying to do that with shooting, where I got frustrated with the number of arguments that we'd have as coaches or discussions that we'd have as coaches about where feet should be pointed and uh, um, uh, and what, what finger the ball should come off last and whether the ball should come up the middle of your body or over in your shooting hands out of your body and whether the thumb flick was actually bad or not or should we dip the ball or not like all these things that we discuss and we all have our opinions and I just got sick of having opinions and I thought, you know, in in whatever year I started doing this, I believe we could go back to 2017 when I kind of started um, the uh, um, those those I, I thought the technology was probably to the point where we could start to solve some of these uh, discussions or shed a whole lot more light on the discussions than we had currently. And uh, and so I started to try and quantify the shooting motion. And it was really during uh, the lockdown of COVID that it really started to to gather steam. And we've published a couple of uh, research papers now that and I think we're I think we're well down the road to being able to quantify what really matters in the shooting motion. Um, and uh, and so it's exciting. We're getting out of the age of opinions and into the age of, of facts. Like what a wild concept. I, I kind of laughed when you first described it to me because I was like, this is crazy. This is a massive undertaking, but also um, crazy concept. You know, we take fundamentally maybe the most important shot in our current NBA ecosystem. Uh, and the only data that we have on that outside of like, well, the defender was X amount of feet away, uh, you know, and the X amount of passes, whatever, whatever the sort of macro data is. But that's all we have. You go to a workout with a prospect, you go to a workout with a guy and makes and misses and like, oh, it, it looks like a sustainable motion or it looks like it comes clean out of his hand. You know, like that's the that's all that we have to go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the uh, basketball is uh, currently at that point in the movie Moneyball where uh, the scouts are all sitting around the table talking about, uh, um, you know, he, he looks great in a uniform. Uh, he has an ugly girlfriend. He lacks confidence. And and Brad Pitt or Billy Bean says, you know, what are we talking about here? And uh, and and we're we're kind of still sitting at that table in basketball. And and uh, the stuff that we're working on right now, I think, is going to kind of move us into that uh, the money ball age of shooting, which we're calling shot metrics. So that'll be coming out in uh, in future episodes. And uh, and so we'll be we'll be sprinkling that in and sometimes diving deep into it. Awesome. And that's kind of a nice high level overview of where you're at. And I don't want to, I don't want to touch too much on that and steal the thunder of future episodes, but uh, it's a really good, it's a really good note because the, the segue is like, what's the purpose of this? You know, like, yeah, it's great for us to hang out and chat, but why, did, why did we feel the need to put this on the internet? You know, what's the purpose of the podcast? Well, yeah. And that, that's really, I want to make sure that every episode we have something tangible for uh for our listeners and uh and make sure that you know we really kind of dive into what's the purpose of this episode and the purpose of the podcast in general is just to uh to kind of share the information that i use at the level that i work with uh with uh front office members with uh coaches uh with national federations, with large youth programs, uh, coaches within those programs, like just share this, uh, the information that, that I'm trying to, 
uh, or the way that I use information and the way that I do my job with as many people as, as possible. And uh, um, so that's, that's the goal of this whole thing. Man, I appreciate it. Great to like appreciate you having me. Great to be here, and uh, I'm looking forward to to hopefully a, a lot of this. So, um, today's kind of focus of episode and like saying what's the purpose of the podcast? When you're at practice, like how often are you looking around? And again, I know your skill is so micro when you're looking at this, or your 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 skill set is looking at this micro skill. Um, how often do you look at a bunch of guys running around? You're like, what's the purpose of this drill? Like it's busy work, you know, like how often do you ask yourself that in a practice, in a workout? Uh, as often as I can, like that, uh, that's our transition and well done with it. Uh, that's our transition into what's the topic of, of today's uh, episode is just finding that purpose in, in what we're trying to do. And, uh, and so I try and start, um, every workout with defining as clearly as possible, what is our purpose in being there? And, uh, and then going into um, with each drill that we're doing, what's the purpose of this drill? And, uh, and I think there's, there's ways that we can go about doing it, but uh, so often than not, uh, what I find is the younger the player or the less experienced the player uh, the, the answer to what's your purpose will tend to be very, very broad. And with, uh, as, as players get older and more skilled and, and learn more, the, the answers should become more and more specific. So for example, uh, if you, if, a uh, an eight-year-old walks into the gym and, uh, and I say to them, you know, what are you working on today? Uh, I would expect the answer is going to be something like basketball and great as very broad general answer, but okay. We're, we at least narrowed it down to a sport. Um, as that player gets into 12 or 13 years old, he asks them the same question when they walk in, what are you working on today? The answer hopefully will have become more specific, but it might still just be like, I'm working on my shot. Okay. Still quite broad. But now at least we've got down to a skill within uh, uh, within the, the the sport. And now as they get into kind of 16 years old, then we're trying to focus on, okay, what what habit are we working on? And by the time we're getting to professionals, if I ask the question of like, what are we working on today? The answers start to become, I'm working on getting my, my shooting hand index finger along the target line at my set point. Um, while coming off a dribble drive going right, like the, the, the answers start to get way more specific than just working on my shot. I really like that. And the level of specificity is really important, especially for what, for what you're doing when you're meeting a player for the first time or for the second time, like what does that interaction generally look like? Does it start at that level of specificity or do you kind of like work its way there over the, over the space of time? Uh, I, I will have done a whole bunch of research on the uh, the players, uh, assuming I know that I'm uh, going to be meeting them and and looking at much as much video as I possibly can, and trying to nail down to like what is the habit that uh, uh, that needs to be focused on uh, as specifically as possible. But uh, if all you've got to go on is TV broadcast video the camera angles generally are so 
um, they're they're not ideal. And so you get just kind of general ideas where it looks like his shot's a little bit flat. It looks like his wrist is flat at the set point. It looks like he doesn't lift. So you're, you're, I'm trying to, uh, before meeting, kind of get a general idea of what I think is happening within a shot. And then in those first five shots of watching a guy in person, uh, that's when, uh, like I'll learn more in the first five shots in person than I will watching there and the, every shot that they took that, that season. Cause the camera angles usually lie, uh, or, or give in inaccurate information. Gotcha. Okay. So you've met them, you've got the information from the first five or six shots, you kind of establish what you're working on. And just as like, a, is it a reminder or is it a, in the education world, they call it a check for understanding. And so like, are you asking questions kind of throughout the workouts or throughout your interactions with them to kind of establish, they understand what you're looking to change? Yeah. They, uh, so ultimately uh, I think the big mistake that a lot of coaches end up making is they, they try to be the star of the show themselves. And it feels really good as a coach when you're solving the problem for the players and we want to feel good but if if i'm solving the problem for the player i probably feel really good about that i feel like i'm doing my job really really well but the player probably doesn't necessarily feel great about it because they're the one being told uh what they're not doing well and and what I try and do is I try and flip this to make it more player led. Now I know I know what I want the player. Um, <laughs> little notification on my laptop there. Um, I know what I want the player to be working on, um, but I want them to try and discover it for themselves. So that that player led idea doesn't take the the steering wheel out of my hands. Um, it 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 allows me to kind of guide the, uh, the player. So um, I'm going to try and ask questions towards guiding them towards the, the answer that I, I think uh, is the focus that they need to be uh, giving. And that, uh, that doesn't always necessarily start with questions. Sometimes I need to start by teaching. Um, but as, as we get to know each other and as we spend more time working together, uh, I ask more and more questions so that they become the star of the show. Hey there, basketball fans. I'm NBA shooting coach Dave Love, and I've got exciting news just for you. Introducing my exclusive free basketball shooting newsletter. It's packed with insights and techniques straight from the hardwood. Have you ever wondered how NBA players improve their shots? or how you could get to the next level, whether you're a college player, a coach, or a budding youth player, my newsletter brings all this and more directly to your inbox. Each edition is a deep dive into the world of basketball shooting. I'll share some of the tips and ideas that I use with my NBA clients tailored for every level of the game. But wait, there's more. Subscribers receive exclusive monthly discounts on my online products. From training videos to personalized coaching sessions, you'll get it all for a fraction of the price. And the best part of all, it's absolutely free to join. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your game and join a community of passionate players and coaches from around the globe. Signing up is easy. Just visit CoachDaveLove.com. Give me some of those questions. So you're watching 
X player workout, uh, you know, you notice something like what are the questions you're asking them? I, the, the first one is, and I try and do this at the beginning of every single workout is what's the purpose in being here? Um, like, why are we, what are we working on today? And, uh, and I, I hope that the answer that the player gives is, is the same sort of answer that they gave yesterday and the day before that it takes longer than a workout to build a habit. We need to be consistent over time with their biggest bad habit to, uh, to improve that. And so I'm hoping that they're consistent with their answers until that habit is actually in place and we feel like we can move on to something else. So uh, I'll say, you know, what are we working on today? And get my wrist bent back so that I can, I can really lift and get more arc on the ball. Like those sorts of uh, answers day after day after day until we actually have that habit in place. That'll be the big so one. Why... Go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Like, why did you start with that approach? You know, did you notice something or did you learn from somebody? Like, where did you, where did that come from? Yeah, I, th I think uh, there's the, the science of skill acquisition, like how people learn and how we should be teaching to get people to acquire skills is something that's been taught for, for decades. And, and a lot of coaches aren't necessarily aware of, of these most a lot of them are in very intuitive and as coaches we we do a lot of them naturally uh quite well but there are some things that are counterintuitive and uh and so as i kind of uh got well into my journey um i started to realize oh wait a sec this is uh this is a science that has been studied um just through reading different books and, and uh, connecting with different coaches, probably the most influential coach over the, the last five years of my career uh, is a guy named Chris Oliver with basketball immersion. Um, and then a, a book by Doug Lamov. Uh, I, I always get the title mixed up. It's either uh, practice perfect or perfect practice. I think it's practice perfect. And it's more of a teaching book. Um, but it's, it, it, it cemented a couple of ideas of things that I had tried to do in helping somebody acquire a skill, but then also shine some light on things that, uh, that I thought I had a good process for, but then realized that, oh, wait a second, research, there's research out there that actually shows my approach might be holding a player back as opposed to, uh, helping them move forward. Just off the top of your head, I don't want to derail you too hard, but can you think of any of those examples of stuff you were doing before? Because I know for the audience, again, we may have experienced coaches in the audience, inexperienced coaches, like what are some of those things that you're like, ah, oh, I actually kind of had that wrong. Uh, and the data says this. Yeah, well, I, I the big one is the topic that we're talking about today, like guiding towards players uh, answering the question themselves as opposed to giving them the answer. Uh, things like uh, what are internal cues and external cues um, and uh, and what is block practice, variable practice and random practice or, or uh, block and serial uh, uh, practice or constant and serial practice. And um, uh, all those things are going to be topics of, of future episodes, but uh, those are probably the three that I... Uh, started with like i still to this day probably give too many internal cues um 
I uh, have moved away from a lot of block practice. I think I've improved that habit significantly as a coach. And, uh, and I think I now do an excellent job of, of asking questions to guide players towards um, uh, their answers as opposed to me giving the answers. Okay, I'm going to exercise my right as voice of the audience here. As somebody who has not done the extensive research on the data, can you give us just like a elevator pitch on internal cues, external cues, block practice, uh, and whatever the, the fourth one was? Because to be honest, I you you referenced them. You have referenced them previously in conversation. I don't completely understand the concepts. If you could give me just like a elevator pitch. So there's coach led or there's player led. And when when workouts or ideas are player led, like it's the player's idea, then retention of the information is far greater. And and I want to preface this, and this is sort of the um, the the um, the point of this podcast is I'm ne not necessarily an expert in skill acquisition. In fact, remove necessarily from the 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 sentence I'm not an expert in skill acquisition. I am uh, working hard to be educated in this. And I think I'm well ahead of the coaching curve, particularly in basketball on these topics. But there are people I'm hoping that are actually experts in skill acquisition. And I really hope that when they listen to the, these podcasts that they go, oh, he's on the right track. Good for him. <laughs> um, and then I hope when I screw things up, that uh, the, the experts will kind of let me know how I can get better. I try and have a, a growth mindset of, of, of my own improvement. And, and I, there are things about my job that I think I'm excellent at. Uh, and there are things about my job that all of us are probably working to improve. And I'm, I'm certainly not immune to that. So uh, I see you want to say something, but it, uh, so the first thing would be coach led versus player led and getting the players to lead the ideas more. I was going to go quick plug. If people have opinions on how you've delivered this and they're like, Oh, actually that's not quite right. How can they find you just really quick? Uh, probably on Twitter will be the best way at coach Dave love. So that'll be the yes. Okay. Uh, now um the other thing that we talked about was uh, block variable and random practice. Block practice is basically doing the same thing over and over and over again with very little variation um, between the the different reps and uh, the execution of the skill. Um, random practice would be like a scrimmage where everything is different and who knows what's going to happen at what time and variable is kind of everything in between. And, uh, and since games are random, we want our practice to be as random as possible. Now, that doesn't mean that block practice can't be valuable at, at, at different times or that we should only practice in random settings. The art of coaching, I think, is uh, is trying to find the balance between how blocked does the practice need to be, how random can I make it? And, uh, and a lot of coaches, um, even at the highest level, I find don't necessarily know uh, what those different kinds of practice are or how to use them. And and I, I'm hoping that this podcast can kind of help people understand that a little bit more. Amazing. Thank you. I also internal cues versus external cues. Give me the, the rundown. Uh, internal cues are basically uh, ideas about your body, advice kind of given about what we want your body to be doing uh, in this case, when shooting a basketball. 
And external cues are things like analogies or feelings, um, probably pertaining towards the same habits, but just getting the focus out of the body and, and towards something uh, like a feeling or an idea. And the, the research shows that external cues um, are retained better and faster and longer than internal cues so that we want to we want to get out of saying things like get your elbow in and uh and get into saying the, like things like you know try to feel like you are doing this or imagine that you are um uh like just turning attention away from their uh, body part and to something external from the uh, the body. So internal internal cue is referencing a very specific thing and external is more of a feeling. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. Um, so you're talking about building your workouts and, and sort of building your interaction with these players um, and some things that you had wrong, which I appreciate you kind of sharing. I know that's like, a, like for me anyway, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't do that right, but I don't want to admit it yet. So I, you're better man than I. So I appreciate that. Um, so you go, you, you come into the workout, you ask the question of the player, you go through the workout and at the end of the workout, what's your kind of debrief look like? What's your, you know, what's your wrap up with these guys look like? Well, I think we want to try and put a bow on things and just give that a final reminder uh, and some uh, actionable steps moving forward. Um, and all often, uh, all too often, what I see is workout ends, player and coach give each other five, and they say goodbye, and uh, and there's there's no debrief, and and just you have an opportunity at that end of end of the workout to just give another reminder, and uh, and so I'll usually ask questions again i'm not trying i know what i know what i want to hear so i'll phrase questions in a way to try and get a player to say or to think about the things i want them to think about but it will be along the you know what did you feel like um what did it feel like to to have your feet wider apart um what what shots do you feel like you were uh, executing the habit on better? Like, um, like just trying to guide them towards turning on their brain more so that they're just not in autopilot executing my instructions. Uh, I want them to be the pilot of, of this and, uh, and then give them some ideas because it's especially with youth players, it's, very likely that the next time they're shooting, I'm not going to be there. Like if you're doing, if you're a skills trainer and you're working with a player and you get to see them once a week, I would hope that player is, is shooting the next day or you're probably not with them, but hopefully they're working on that, those habits. And can you, at the end of this workout, can you give them some reminders or some advice about how they should be practicing and what they should be thinking about uh, when you aren't there. Ultimately, as I always say to players, I'm never going to be on the floor with you. And so my job is to not solve the problems for you, but teach you how to solve the problems yourself. And, and I've, I've even said to players uh, at the NBA level, and it got their uh, 
I didn't necessarily intend for it to get their attention as strongly as it did. Uh, but apparently it happened where I, I've said, like, my job is to train you to not need me. And uh, and so I've got to teach you how to become your own shooting coach. And then I'll, I'll be there whenever you need me. Uh, but hopefully you're able to solve these. I want to train you so that you can solve these problems for yourself. That's that's ultimately what my goal is. Hey, basketball fans, Coach Dave Love here with an exclusive offer just for you, my personalized video shot analysis. Imagine having an NBA shooting coach analyze your shooting form, just like I do for the pros. That's exactly what you'll get with my video shot analysis. Here's how it works. You send me a video of your shot and I'll break it down frame by frame. I'll pinpoint your strengths and identify the areas of improvement and give you tailored advice to take your shot to the next level. You'll receive a comprehensive analysis designed just for you. Whether you're a beginner or an aspiring pro, my feedback will help you shoot with confidence and precision. It isn't just feedback, it's a game changer. With my video shot analysis, you're not just practicing, you're evolving, and every single shot counts. Ready to transform your game? Visit CoachDaveLove.com store to learn more and get started. That's CoachDaveLove.com store and look for video shot analysis. Oh, I really love that approach. I really love that because it's a genuine like, yes, this is your sort of your calling and your, your occupation, but also like you're genuinely empowering these, most of these guys, uh, these men to be the best version of themselves at the end of the day, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a self-actualization thing, although like here we are, right. um, but like what a cool thing when you've worked with somebody for a week, a month, a season, and you kind of can point to the progression from day one that thing with the wrist that you, you know, when you're in your set point, whatever to, you know, at the end, at the end of the season, you see this like market improvement, whether it's in what you see in your opinion, or hopefully in the makes and misses in the numbers that, that kind of pop up as well. Right. Right. So in kind of wrapping up the episode, uh, I want to give some, some real actionable tasks to, to, to people like some, if you got a notepad, you're a coach and you got a notepad, like these are the things that I would want you to write down. Um, the first one, like let players be the star of the show. Uh, ask questions that guide them towards being the star where they're solving the problem. We know the problem that needs to be solved with our experience, and we probably have an, a strong idea how to solve it but ask questions to guide them towards solving those, those problems themselves. Um, and just with the understanding, you'll never be on the floor with the player. So the sorts of questions that I'll tend to, uh, to ask are, you know, things like, what are we focused on today? Or what are we focused on within this drill? Uh, how do you feel like you executed that habit in the last in this past drill in the last five reps on that rep like what did you feel um you know what's the purpose of this drill and anytime i'm explaining uh the drill i want a player to do even if they've done the drill a couple of times uh, often i'll i'll jump in just at the beginning saying like and remember what 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 habit are we working on what purpose like what are we trying to accomplish here um and then what can we adjust 
to get you in the challenge point, asking this to the player, like, do we need to adjust the drill in some way so that they're in the challenge point more often? You talk just really quick. I love this explanation, but can you talk a little bit about that challenge point, the concept of that? Yeah, again, this will definitely be a future episode, but uh, there's a, a point at which uh, practice becomes supercharged and uh, and players' learning is really accelerated. And and my dis- and that's when you're practicing within the challenge point. And my description of the challenge point is when a drill is easy enough or simple enough that a player can get the habit that they're working on correct most of the time. I shoot for around 85% success rate of the habit, not the makes, like getting the habit right 85% of the uh, the time. And ideally, they're aware that they made the mistake those 15%. So if they're working on getting their guide hand off the ball, hopefully their guide hand is actually coming off the ball 85% of the time. And when they do push with their guide hand, they go, ah, oh, shoot, I did it that time, didn't I? Okay. So that's the first uh, component of it. it. It needs to be easy enough to, to actually be working on the habit more often than failing at the, uh, the habit that we say we're working on. If, if you're, if you're getting 85% um, accidentally pushing with your guide hand, what are you practicing? You're practicing the habit that you say that you're trying to break. The other component that I try and focus on to get in the challenge point is a success rate of if, if 40% is a good three point percentage and we're shooting three point shots, I want the, the practice to be um, easy enough that that we're sort of in the fit or challenging enough that we're in that 50 to 60% success rate. Uh, I don't want to be practicing so easy that a player is making 90%. If they're the, if the situation is so easy that a player is making that high a percentage of shots, then it's probably not game like enough to transfer. And, and then it's also not so hard that we're only tw- making 20% of your shots, well, th- then you're practicing missing. So that sweet spot where practice is easy enough to get the habit right, but in as challenging an environment as possible, sort of how I define uh, that challenge point. And, uh, and it is a sweet spot. It's like that Goldilocks principle of, you know, n- not, not, too, not too cold, not too hot, just right. And, uh, and that's, that is what I think is truly the art of coaching is how to constantly adjust the practice as a player improves to get them in the challenge point as often as possible. Amazing, uh, man, listen, I, I really appreciate you. This is like, it's so fun for me because we've had this conversation or, or set versions of this conversation a number of times. And every time I get to pick up a little a thing or two for my own kind of toolbox. And so it's cool to be on the other side of the fence and hope that every coach that kind of comes through the door of this uh, is hearing this for the first time and they get to pick up four or five really big things and in the following episodes, add three or four to them. So um, this is the first time we've done this. It's going to get better. We're going to find the zone. We appreciate you sticking with us through the first you know, 40 minutes of this thing, the Coach Dave Love podcast. Dave, uh, how do you feel? This has been a lot of fun. And uh, and I I think, again, we shared some important information. And again, I'm not, 
I'm not an expert in in everything. I'm uh, I'm reasonably well educated in a lot of things. I feel like there are certain aspects of my job that uh, that I am an expert in. Uh, and then there's aspects that I'm a work in progress. And uh, and I the goal of this is just to share uh, what some of these ideas are and then how I use them. And uh, and in future episodes, we're also going to have guests on that uh, uh, they do people I know that do things exceptionally well. And we'll just talk about the things that they do really, really well and what we can all learn from those ideas as well. So uh, just like you, I want to thank everybody for uh, for listening. If, uh, if you found this to be valuable, all we ask is just share with uh, with a friend. Uh, let any basketball people know about the, uh, the Coach Dave Love podcast and uh, make sure you subscribe on your, your uh, favorite podcast platform. Super organic, super organic. The other thing that I want to throw out there is if you track down Coach Dave on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you find him, if this stuff has made a positive impact for you. So if you're able to take something from this podcast or from a future podcast that was like, oh man, you know, I had this like kind of block with this player that I couldn't crack and something that you said enabled me to get through this block or through to this player, like, please share those stories. Um, I'm going to live vicariously through all of it, although I have my own team that I'm coaching. But uh, but yeah, please do share those stories. Uh, hopefully we can build a bit of a community here and uh, coaches helping coaches. So uh, Dave, thanks for the first one, the Coach Dave Love Podcast. Appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to the next one. Can't wait, buddy. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Coach Dave Love Podcast. To stay up to date with our future episodes, please remember to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to sign up for Coach Love's free shooting newsletter on CoachDaveLove.com and be sure to follow him on social media. You can find him at Coach Dave Love.